0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The
1: Bucs wrapped up the offseason. What did Coach Bruce Arians learn about his new team, and where does he think they still need some improvement? What does he want Jameis Winston to do before they go to training camp? And what kind of team does he think he'll have in 2019, my exclusive one-on-one interview with the Bucks head coach in just a minute. The Rays won three out of four in Boston over the weekend. Great starts by Yanni Sharinos, Ryan Yarbrough, and Blake Snell. A big weekend at the plate by catcher Travis Darno. We've got all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursnick. Hey, if you'd like to be a sponsor of this podcast, we've got lots of new ways you can do that. Our advertisers are having great success, and so will you. Now, here's what you do. For information, just contact us on Twitter at SportsDayTB, or my Twitter address is at NFL Stroud, or you can reach me by email at rstrout at We'd love to have you be part of our team. Okay, as I mentioned, uh, late last week, of course, the Bucks wrapped up their off-season workout program with their final mandatory minicamp Workouts. It got finished a little bit early, actually, uh, going back to last Thursday. Um, we went out there very long, Matt Gay, hit like a 50-yard field goal or so, and then that was it. But I had a chance to sit down with uh, Bucks coach Bruce Arians, and he was very candid about what uh, he and his staff has accomplished in, in really what amounts to about 150 days or so on the job. You know, he's hired, what, 30 assistant coaches. He's conducted like three mini camps. A lot of new faces uh, going in and out uh, with free agency and all of that. And really just kind of getting to know his, his football team. And it, it's hard. I mean, in the offseason, you know, you're in shorts. They're doing a lot of install with both the offense and the defense. And so there's a lot of learning out there. Hard to evaluate some guys, but certainly they, they have what they think is a very good draft. And, and they saw those guys show up. Been some injuries to the wide receiver position. But the thing that stood out, of course, is the defensive backs and some of the plays they've been making on the ball. And so a lot of it looks really positive. And then, of course, the um, you know the, the signing of Ndamukong Sue, the release of Gerald McCoy, all of that. But I had a chance to sit down with uh, Bruce Arians late last week. And uh, I know he talked to uh, a number of people. But I got uh, kind of a, a one-on-one with him. And I had a chance to kind of go almost from the beginning of when he took over the team, what he thought. And and just how far he thinks they've come, not just as a coaching staff, but the development of the players, what he wants from Jameis Winston, all of those things. Here's my uh, interview with Bruce Arians late last week. What's up, brother? So coach, how you don't you know his podcast day, but this is great. Thanks yeah. for the thanks for the access. access. Yeah. So um, yeah, one more practice or whatever it is you're gonna do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But um, If we could kind of wrap up your off-season, obviously it's one of change. You came in here with a new coaching staff and you've had to evaluate these guys. You've had them on grass now a little bit. Um, What have you learned maybe that that, uh, you couldn't learn without actually having them in a coaching situation?
2: You you never know about team speed Mm -hmm. until you get out there. You don't know about who's a slow learner he might not be very bright, or he might be real bright, but he doesn't know football. Mm-hmm. you got to find out all those new ones is how they learn, you know? Yeah. And uh, I feel like the coaching staff's done a good job of identifying smart players or how to get the other guys who are not smart ready to play.
1: Some guys learn in a classroom and some have to do it on the grass. Is that sort of yeah. what, what it amounts yeah, to? It's, it's,
2: it's a matter of attention spans. Mm-hmm can guys actually take notes that make sense it's so fi- it's finding how to get them taught mm-hmm. you might have to walk through and walk through and walk through and then they got it you know other guys can just sit there I got it you know without, without walking through it but normally it's a process of video blackboard then taking it to a walkthrough then practicing it mm-hmm. you know yeah. and then go back and reviewing it so that it's cemented in.
1: You mentioned speed. Um, I, I mean, did that did that show up? Uh, I, I know you want to always be a fast football team. You added speed in the offseason Now that you've had them yeah, out I mean, there, The first,
2: the first voluntary, I thought, okay, we got speed. Yeah. Uh, then after the draft, we had a lot of speed. Yeah. You know, and uh, throwing Scotty into the mix offensively with with Brashad and the guys were here. It's like. We've got six or seven guys that can run, mm-hmm. you know. We've got tight ends that can run. Now the secondary and the underneath coverage can all run. And uh, they all bought in quickly, especially defensively. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see the enthusiasm they're playing with Always. defensively right now. And offensively, it's still in, a, in the learning stages. Yeah. But when they're having success, when they know something, and then you can feel it, you know. Hey, that yeah, we were waiting for that. We got it, okay. Yeah, we learned that one.
1: It seems like you've got them into a real high level of compete, right? Competition. That that's what you want to see, and that's reason for some of that, and some of it's youthful enthusiasm as well. But they're both sides are really going after it, right? Yeah, I would tell you the guy that that did probably
2: better than anybody is Demar Dotson. I mean, he jumped. He's competed harder. Really? Uh, and he he's a pleasant, pleasant surprise. And, uh, you know, a couple of the rookies, one of them tried to the bull rush him, which we don't do. Yeah. And uh, you just put him on the ground and said, don't try that anymore. I, like, I, I loved it. I was like, okay. that's in there.
1: You, uh, you, did, you weren't able to address the offensive line. In, you can't do everything, right? Nope. can't do it in free agency. can't always do it in the draft. Right. It just didn't fall that way. So... How do you feel about that group? Um, with, what? Yeah, I, I'm comfortable. I think when
2: we get those guys healthy, yeah, uh, when those five guys are out there or four of the five, we've been pretty good. Yeah, and um, you know if we, if we can get all of them back out there, now the guys who who played so much are going to be backups. You know, now we're now we're cooking. When we got seven or eight, so that's all we need. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm comfortable with those young guys finishing fourth quarters of preseason games. I, I think they're going to be okay.
1: Mm-hmm. What areas, if any, would you like to see get better, if 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 it's even possible? I mean, there's going to be well, maybe a late, you know, uh, yeah, free agent it, 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 it period. Yeah, a
2: free agent out there right now. I, I don't know. We're all okay on the edge. I mean, defensively we're fine. Yeah, you know, um, for me it's getting Evan. Or Justin Justin Evans healthy? Yeah, that that would be a great free agent for me right now. Yeah, because uh, uh, he's played. And, yeah, and and he's you know he's really smart, really smart, and a good communicator. Yeah. Um, offensively, we can use help in the offensive line for depth. I mean, At if, the um, tackle
1: position, all you, of yeah, them. You, look, can, yeah. you
2: cannot have enough, you know. Uh, so we'll be we'll be looking probably around. Preseason three to see what's available. You know, if if we feel like that need is still there. Yeah,
1: the um, you know, James Winston had been in the same offense in the NFL for for four years, and and he's I think he's excited about learning a new offense. And like he said, it's terminology. You mentioned they're they're all a little slow processing things right now. What have you noticed about Jameis that that you can see now? In the classroom and on the grass, that maybe maybe you've learned or yeah he can he
2: can, trans- he can transfer it over. Uh, we put him in some really difficult situations that have he hasn't grasped right away, mm-hmm. and we we'll come back and do them again, and now he sees it. You know uh, th- those must-win game situations with 22 and 14 seconds left. I mean, you, you have had to be really sharp in your offense to win those scenarios, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so, yeah, we just keep doing those things and watching him grow. The base offense, I, I think he has a pretty good handle on it. And, uh, you know, some of his interceptions in this phase were not his fault. Uh, one was high, hot down the middle. Uh, that's easy correctable. But, uh, no, I, I, I like where he's at.
1: You you kind of walk the line. I mean, this is the time of year you want guys to try to. You're you're pushing the ball downfield. That's your offense. You want them to take shots, right? And yeah. so interceptions maybe not. Uh, like you said, maybe the receiver doesn't but win, it, it and you've had some be, injuries.
2: I don't know if we've thrown we've thrown one of those maybe. Mm-hmm. But it's when you start putting triangles together, and it's touchdown, checkdown. Okay, where are my checkdowns? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I'm going deep to short, where's my intermediate, the top of the triangle to my check? So it's learning. Where are these guys are all coming from to build that triangle? Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh there he is over there.
1: And mm-hmm. more repetition, the, the more you get it. Clyde Christensen said something one day to us about how, you know, Jameis, no one's ever questioned his work ethic. He's a gym rat. You know, he loves football. We all know that. We see it. But then in this time of year in the offseason, you want to work smart. Um, mm-hmm. That, you know, you have to, if you, if you go till 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you've put in a full day. Yeah. Um, it, do you see where he can be more efficient in, in the way he's, he's working? I think one or? of the things, hopefully, and I'm hoping
2: he's gotten into the virtual reality, you know, because we've got Striver now. And it's, it, it's amazing. You should probably get a, a, an example of it. But, you know, you put the goggles on and you watch our practice. Or you turn around and see the coaches behind you. And it's, it's the entire blitz drill. So you can sit in your living room and practice all day. Without sweating. And it's us practicing. It's it's not a video game.
1: It's from your actual practice. It's from
2: our actual practice. That's crazy. That's really something. Carson bought one and had it in his house. and I mean, that was Thursday night for him. Really? uh, Yeah. Yeah, he went back through the whole week on on the... So you get the recognition and... and, All his blitz pickups. and You can see both wide receivers. You can see everything.
1: Yeah. And... uh, You know defensively you have an interesting group because um you've added sue and you have um some veterans on the defensive line of course they're learning a new three-four system but then your secondary is so young and i know you think they're all really good but do you really ever really know i mean those guys until i'm on the grass i mean i know you this is your job so you can project how these guys are going to play but until i'm on the grass with julio jones on on third and seven. you know, I have to go. I, you can't give them experience, but... No, but, and that's, you know, they'll get
2: enough of Mike Evans and Brashad and those guys in, in camp. That's what they've mentioned. And, and, and that's what, <laughs> I mean, that's going back and forth. And, you know, uh, they each have a little something to work on. Yeah. They, they still have a tendency when they're off coverage to stare into the backfield and not move their feet. You know, so the, all those things, they're, they're works in progress. But uh, when you talk about... Having length and ability and speed to work with, I never had a group with this many guys in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Vernon's done a good job now jumping out there vocally uh, with all the guys. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we've got our hands
1: on a lot of balls. Really have. And intercepted and caught them yeah. as well. Uh, yeah. Vernon's 24 years old. And even though he's played four years and he missed essentially two of those, he's still a young, young player, and it's kind of cool that they're all around the same age. But by the same token, could you use sort of more of a, of a veteran presence in that second order, or does Buchanan give you that, even though he's a linebacker slash uh, safety? Yeah, Buck can, but he's, he's been so,
2: used so much as a linebacker right now. No, yeah. um, no we're, we're, we're young Yeah. You know, and, and not afraid of it, you know. Uh, we tried to get a, a veteran safety, but I'm not sure now that he would have made our team. Now he'd been smart and got everybody lined up, but with the guys that that we're seeing out there right now, uh, he couldn't run anymore. But uh, so you kind of get that catch twenty-two. I got this old smart guy; he's lining everybody up, but shh, he can't he can't cover, mm-hmm. you know, and. Uh, so yeah, I think, and then Todd's going to put him in position to be
1: successful. Your wide receiver room's pretty comp- competitive. I mean, you've you've brought in some guys, even as undrafted guys, mm-hmm. that have really shown mm-hmm. up. I mean,
2: yeah, the scouts did a great job. I mean, they got some length, they got some speed, uh, not afraid to go over the middle. Um, even Snell, is one of those little quick slot guys. Yeah. Uh, so that's it, a nice group of young guys to, to go try to win the fourth quarter of a preseason game with.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. Um, uh, and then in the regular season, I mean, we've seen uh, – and everybody's sort of picking this guy as a breakout player, as a rookie that was off the radar, Scotty Miller. I mean – Oh, he makes can play fl- every day flat out make plays yeah
2: he makes play every day and uh, you know he, he, he has to learn to use his quickness but use his speed more than his quickness as an outside he hasn't played outside that much yeah so when he gets bump and running it's like don't let him get them don't let them get your hand if you played tag when you were a kid you must have always been it you know because you, you're always getting touched so don't get touched and, and then then use that speed which has really showed up the last last week
1: yeah um, you go to training camp. There's still guys learning, right? I mean, and, and oh yeah, that's what that just had
2: just had to walk through, and we talked about we can't come back and start at ground zero. Yeah. we can't start over when we get back. I mean, we have to work on technique and pads and get our pads down and play tough, physical. We can't come back and learn all this over again.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll never get where we're going to go. So they want to rest their bodies, stay in shape, but but you want they have to stay in their playbook, right? I mean, that's, no, there's no,
2: there's not a, the playbook is as important, but you got to be in football shape when you come back. You know, don't come back in track shape because you are going to pull a muscle. Those track guys run straight ahead mm-hmm. and be in football shape. They know what it's going to take to get through our camp this heat, and uh, they they just had a good month of what it's going to be like in training camp with pads on.
1: Mm-hmm. You uh, you like the kicking competition? I'm I'm here to tell you it's it's hard to watch a guy like Gay and and hear the ball come off his foot, <laughs> and he's a bigger guy, right? Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't look like he needs to use a lot of effort. No, which and is and an and advantage.
2: We need, we need to get some higher net. You know, knock a window out of the building.
1: But uh, yeah,
2: I mean Cairo's been strong and steady right in his range, and then Gay he's just he's got some length to him. Yeah, but he's been really consistent, and Chris worked on his, his steps a little bit took some of that hook out of it and so yeah he's he's been
1: impressive. Will you just judge that based on is that a feel because I mean with a rookie kicker you've had them before probably you never know until they're in the game you just yep. got it's a leap of faith yeah. with a guy that hasn't done it. It
2: really is I mean we've had a snapper we've had a holder we've had a punter yeah we've got two of them young it didn't work out you know this this group the, the two are young but they've been around two of them have been around so mm-hmm. Uh, you never know until the bullets fly. Mm-hmm. So what kind of football team do you think you're going to have? Well, I hope smart, fast, and physical. You know, I, I think the smart part is coming. Mm-hmm. The fast part is there. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll find out about the physical, you know, when we get the pads on. But, um, And like I told our coaches, it might be a sim- simple, that we do simplify so that we don't beat ourselves uh, in September.
1: right. They can't
2: learn what we knew
1: in five years at Arizona this, this for week one and against the 49ers right just, yeah does um, has let me ask you about uh, JPP and, and and he's the one guy that we know won't be ready for training camp mm-hmm. um, I've heard you know 11 weeks since the injury that's when the doctors will reevaluate that cervical uh, uh, fracture and and then hopefully if it's healed enough then then he can move forward. Mm-hmm. But probably looking at closer to October than September, right? Is that I would think so. Yeah. You know,
2: just to be safe.
1: Yeah. And and not rush it.
2: Yeah. And and knowing him, he's one of those fast healers, so um I, I hate to I hate to put a time limit on it, but earlier, better.
1: Sure. <laughs> you know, and, and as long as he's healthy. Yeah, and I mean obviously that but but failing that, um, you know, you're ready to play with with what you got, right? You think you've, you you yeah, found some some young fine. guys that can.
2: We're fine. I, I think you know Justin Evans is, is a big question. I think everybody in the offensive line should be ready to go. Evan went through the walkthrough today. He did some individual. Okay. So those guys all look like Bright should be fine. Um, Mike could probably go right now. I just don't want him
1: to. But
2: uh, yeah, that's that's it.
1: And is there, we, you've talked about Rojo, I, I mean, and, and a little bit about Barbara. Are those, are those the guys that, when you've seen them, you think we've got something here? Because. Well, yeah,
2: just watching Peyton run, he's a great pick and slide runner. Okay. And, and that's what we like to do. In your offense. You know, we, we're pick and slide, pound it. Will he get 50s? Probably not. But he's going to get some 20s, and he's going to put a hurt on some safeties. Mm. Rojo has been explosive enough, and, and just keep maturing him. He can take it to the house. I mean, he has taken a couple of balls and hit cuts in this in shorts, but he saw it and hit it, and everybody's head just turned because he was gone. Mm. So it's like, it's in there. You know, we just got to keep finding it. And he's catching the ball really well.
1: I was going to say, because his problem, part of his problem was last year, if you put him in a game, everybody knew they were going to hand him the ball because he wasn't, he, you know, he was a, not a liability, but he just wasn't a guy that caught a lot of balls. Yeah, he's learning patience and running his routes, but he's catching the ball really well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so so far so good, right? You get the break and uh,
2: yeah, I'll just get back healthy, and then don't lose anybody. Yeah. Uh, over the summer, and, and uh, then we'll see how where we're at, especially that week with
1: the Dolphins, and uh, and get ready for that. That's the second week, right? I think. Yeah. All right, yeah, Bruce. To thanks, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Yep. All right. You know what I like about Arians is that you ask him a question and you get a straight answer. And and that is refreshing in the business that I'm in and the fact that, uh, you know, he's communicating, of course, through us to the fans. And um, I know a lot of people reacted uh, to the Q&A. It's a format, I think, that is useful at times. I know we write a lot of stories, but I thought this one was really, really good because he was so candid about things and uh, very honest about them. And, you know, when you think about what they've done in the offseason, I think he made it clear that one of their priorities was improving the team's speed. He thought that they had some speed on the football team before the draft. Coming out of it, that in free agency, they got a lot faster. And I think a lot of that is really on both sides of the ball. But offensively, Scotty Miller, who you heard him mention, Brashad Perriman, those are guys that can stretch the field and uh, you know sort of take that slack up from Adam Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson, what they lost there. Um, you know, I think that uh, it was interesting. You mentioned that DeMar Dotson uh, being one of the players that surprised him. You know, Dot is the most tendered player on the team. He's been there 11 seasons, had some knee injuries. I think he battled through those last year. He seems to be healthier this year. But that offensive line, as you heard him say, uh, is still in flux. It's still something that the Bucks need to build with. I think they need more depth at the tackle position. I mean, if you think about it, you know, they they – Obviously went out and paid Donovan Smith and signed him to a long-term contract. And Donovan has not missed a game, right? He's barely missed a snap. I think maybe one half of a football game his entire career so far. But you don't know. I mean, injuries do happen in this league. You can't just assume that he's going to play every snap. Um, As I mentioned, Dotson's an older player. Uh, They've got Caleb Benenock behind him. They really didn't address the right side of the offensive line. So you're guessing a little bit with some of the younger players there at right guard. Uh, I, so I think that, that, that that's something they will look for. And usually after on or around, as you mentioned about the third preseason game, you'll see teams start to cut veteran players, you know, guys that, uh, either make too much money or they think are going to get beaten out by a younger player. If you remember a few years ago, that's how they got Logan Mankins, I think in a trade late after the third preseason game, uh, from the new England Patriots. So, you know, they're still, Going to be looking to improve um, that area right now, so you know that that's certainly something. I thought it was interesting what he said about Jameis Winston and how um, you know they have this this virtual reality thing that uh, might actually help him uh, sort of you know review the offense, if you will, in the off because it's very hard. You don't get to really practice with the coaches. You you have to sort of assemble your own receivers, and so this is a way that uh, he can do that with Stryver, which is this. Um, sort of virtual reality thing. We watched our own practice that he mentioned. As far as the secondary goes, I, I've been on this. I've written columns about it being, quote, unquote, totally fixed. And that's something that Arians believes has happened. And he made a good point that, you know, for all the inexperience that they have with the three rookies that they drafted and, of course, three rookies a year ago, is that if you can go up every day against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and, you know, O.J. Howard and Cam Bright and some of those guys – if you can pass that test, you should be pretty good for the rest of the league in the NFC South. So they're going to trust that these guys can you know can compete against their own receivers. And if they can do that, what they lack is experience, and you just can't get that until you go into the regular season. But they're very high on the defensive backs, obviously. Um, you know, just going through it again. I think it's going to be a, co- a competition in the kicking situation. I don't know. I think I think that. You know, this is something that has obviously dogged the bucks for years and years as far as the kicking situation goes. Drafting a guy in the fifth round, people have been critical of that. But if what I've seen, I I think Matt Gay is a special talent in that you don't see many kickers that are as big as he is and hit the ball so far, and and he's pretty accurate uh, without a a lot of stress, you know, without winding up and really giving it maximum effort. I mean, he is a naturally strong leg. And Santos is going to be steady. So this would be a great – kicking battle to watch. At the end of the day, if they're both even, I still think they're going to go with the guy that gives them the higher upside, which would be Matt Gay. But he, will, but honest to God, you will not know how a guy is going to perform, you know, as as Bruce said, you know, when, when it's live. And so, you know, the Saturday night before they play the San Francisco 49ers, if it's not Cairo Santos, they still won't know what they have in Matt Gay until he gets in the regular season. Talked a lot about the running backs. We know he's high on Barber and we know he's high on Ronald Jones and, uh, and that'll be, you know, that remains to be seen whether those guys can produce, especially Jones at the highest level. And then the final message to his team, you know, hey, don't be that guy, right? Because they got about six weeks or so where guys can get in trouble, and, and every team's going to have somebody, one or two guys that that might run afoul of the law or do something stupid. Um, the Bucks don't want to be that team. And for the most part, I think that message has probably been received, but we'll have to see what happens. Uh, In the offseason. So very candid interview with Bruce Arians. I appreciated him uh, taking the time Uh, again. He's been nothing but accessible to us. He's been very honest. And I think we're going to have a great year as far as the fans go and trying to hear from Bruce and and really, um, you know, kind of get exactly how he feels about things. And so we appreciate uh, him doing that for us. Okay, big weekend, Steve, for the Rays. They go to Boston and they take three out of four against the Red Sox. This was a huge series. You know, I mean, if you go back to losing three out of four against the Twins, you know, at home, and then they follow that up with a loss at Detroit in the first game of that series, they come back, they win the last two games of that series, take the series against the Tigers, and then they roll into Boston, and, and it's very critical that they not allow the Red Sox, to start to gain some ground on them as they're, you know, right there in the mix with the Yankees uh, near first place. And I'll tell you what, what was impressive is uh, the pitching. And we've, we've talked about, you know, that's been the, the strength of their their baseball team, obviously. But when you see guys, you know, with, uh, with Yanni Chirinos and the job that Ryan Yarbrough did going deep into games, I mean, Hell, Sharinos was throwing what, like a perfect game through five innings the other night?
0: Yeah, he went eight innings. The first time a raised pitcher has gone eight innings since Jake Faria, April thirtieth of last season.
1: That's that's just incredible. And I mean he was he was so uh, dominant in that game, and then Yarbrough followed it up, kind of coming off sort of a rough outing mm-hmm. his time before, but he was man, he was painting the corner.
0: He went into the eighth inning as well. And, yeah. you know, you couldn't have asked for better. I mean, you have the doubleheader Saturday, so you're mm-hmm. worried about your bullpen. Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't want to tax your bullpen. Torino's goes eight innings Friday night. You get the win. Yarborough goes seven plus in, on Saturday, the first game you get the win. Then the, the second game, Stanek wasn't very good to open. Colin Pochet makes his major league debut. He looks really that good. He gives up two blue good. pits, but yeah. yeah, um, And he gets charged with two runs, but two blue pits he gave up, and then Austin Pruitt let them score. And then Pruitt kind of ate at the rest of the game, and they lose mm-hmm. that game. And then Sunday Blake Snell pitches well, gets into trouble a lot, but gets out of it, works his way yep. out of it. And so you go to Boston, you win three of four. You don't use Chaz Rowe. You don't use Diego Castillo. I mean, think about that. You didn't use Diego Castillo
1: right. in the whole series against the Red Sox. Yeah, and man.
0: Alvarado, of course, was on leave, and, and he's on his way back to the States now. He was in Venezuela right. for, for the week uh, dealing with some family issues. So you went 3-4 in Boston against that lineup, and they're missing a piece or two. J.D. Martinez didn't play in the series. Mitch Moreland yeah. got hurt, and he's on the aisle now. But that's still a, a, it's still a more than a formidable lineup. Yeah, no, they're good. That's a good-hitting lineup. There's, no, there's really not a lot of easy outs there. No, but the pitching is, and and look, I know sometimes we can get hypercritical on, on specifically the bullpen, and you know Alvarado and Diego Castillo have had a couple rough outings here and there, but when you really look at it, the Rays as a pitching staff through 64 games has given up 208 runs. Jeez, do you realize the next closest teams are 240 years, 32 runs more, and that's the Reds and the Dodgers, both in the National League, where they're facing the pitchers in the nine hole. Right. Right. I mean, that's right. Their pitching has been phenomenal this year. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, yes, you have rough outings here and there, and they've given up some runs, but they are by far ahead of everyone else in run prevention, for lack of a better word. That you know, you just have to tip your cap to everything. I mean, you know, like I said, it doesn't matter if it's Johnny Chirinos or Ryan Yarbrough or whoever they're putting out there, they're putting guys in positions to succeed. And for the most part, they are.
1: Yeah, guy after guy is putting up, uh, you know, good. Good innings and and uh, and to go deep, and, and as you mentioned, you know, with you know a couple of guys that typically don't start their bulk inning guys, and and you know you've got a doubleheader. I mean, they played. Steve, I think they played four games in about
0: forty-five like, hours. Forty-five. Well,
1: 46, hours. forty-six because mean,
0: Sunday's game took forever. But
1: right, but I mean that's I mean that's incredible. I mean, major league baseball players usually get a little more time than that. Mm-hmm. I mean that to be on a road and it's not it wasn't their first road trip it was it was the back end of this road trip. Mm-hmm. What they go like five and two on this road trip or yeah. something like that?
0: They are eight one and two in road series this year. They've lost one series all that's season on the road, and that was to the Yankees. They lost two out of three games.
1: Yeah, that is that is just lights out, and that's why as we do this podcast and they're tied with the Yankees with the identical records for first place in the American League East. We are we are what just a little over more than a third of the season now.
0: Sixty four games in, so you've got yeah. uh, less than hundred games left. Ninety eight games to remain.
1: Yeah, I mean this is uh, you know this is who they are. I would be confident in saying this is who they are now. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it would help them. You know, Tommy Pham got hit again on the wrist. <sighs> that was scary. so. No I serious. mean, you were just yeah. sitting there going,
0: "Oh, he Oof. can't be out six to eight weeks." Because they are a I mean, different team when he's not playing.
1: Look at the record, what it, what it is when Fam plays versus when he doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's really uncanny mm-hmm. you know when you, when you sort of look at it. And, of course, he missed the game that they did lose. Um, but he's such an integral part. Of course, Austin Meadows looked bad against David Price, who credit David Price. He threw a very good game against them and won that game 5-1. A, a
0: very generous uh, strike zone he was taking advantage oh of. Oh, my goodness, you think? But a, but a good oh. pitcher takes advantage of that when you're given that.
1: Hey man, you keep throwing it out there and if it's if it's <laughs> a, you know two baseballs off the plate, you just got to adjust. I mean, I don't know what a hitter's supposed to do because, you know, I think he had 10 strikeouts or maybe the Red Sox did and I think the first 6 or the first 4 and then 6 out of 10 um strikeouts were looking. And you don't see that very often in a major league game unless the strike zone is way out of whack. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like guys Guys just don't feel comfortable swinging at pitches that are, you know, six inches off the plate, and they know it, uh, whether there's two strikes or not. So, um, yeah, he did take advantage of it. You credit him with that for sure. But he pitched very, very well, and he has been pitching well for the Red Sox of late. But um, big and important series for them to go up there and establish that, um, you know, that they're going to maintain their position uh, at the top of of the division and not let – uh, the Red Sox sort of gained some ground on them and get caught from mm-hmm. behind. So. Yeah, the Red Sox are now and,
0: seven games back about the Yankees and Rays. and That's I right. Don't believe, I believe Texas is the wild card at this point, not Boston. Texas It'll is be the well, second wild right. card, that is.
1: Yeah, so they're right back in it. So a couple of tough series, though. I mean, they're yeah. playing good ball clubs in the A's and then the Angels coming in after that. That's The A series starts tonight. I
0: will say one worrisome thing from the weekend is the base running continues. They continue oh. to run into outs. Yeah, you can't keep doing that.
1: And you know what? A couple of years ago, this was a problem. This is not mm-hmm. a recent problem. This is a problem they've had um, for some time. And there is a, def- a definite difference between being aggressive
0: and being stupid. <laughs> and well, like team- for, for instance, Tommy Pham got thrown out going to second on Sunday. You know, right. off a ball hit off the monster, which you can sit there and say, okay, he hustled in and they made a good throw. But if he hustles out of the box better, instead of watching it thinking it might be a home That's run. That's right. He is at That's second. Right. That's and once right. you didn't hustle out of the box and it's played off you the monster, you have to, to stop. It. You have to yep, know that to. I've got to stop. Mm-hmm. If, you know. yep. Now, Haredi on his home run, he had, he had sprinted out of the box and had that hit off the top of the wall, he easily gets a double. He'd have made it easy, yeah. But, yeah, mm-hmm. once you hesitate off the monster, assuming the outfielder plays it cleanly, you've got to stop. You can't go yep. to second at that point. And, and Tommy did that. And there were some other outs on the bases, too, that you're just going – you know, when is this going to stop?
1: It just hasn't. And, you know,
0: like I said, I mean,
1: you're going to cost yourself some big games down the line. I'm sure. And we know they've run themselves out of, out of some innings and in some games this year already. But you don't want to do it against the Yankees or the Red Sox. And um, and that's that continues to be a problem that they have to address somehow. And I'm not sure how you do that. You know, another guy that had a pretty good weekend was Kevin Kiermeier. I mean, he yes. drove in, what, four runs on, uh, I think it was Saturday? Mm-hmm. Um, he looked really, really good and yep. some clutch hits, too, some two out base hits.
0: Um, played a good center field as usual. So, Kiermaier. Yeah, he's kind he's of kinda t- in that zone right now. And he could be a streaky yeah. hitter. I mean, you he and I both be. complain about the way he hits at times, but when he gets hot, yeah. he gets rolling.
1: And, you know, and, and to do it in big moments, you know, that's mm-hmm. the thing. Like, if, if I'd have told you, um, you know, that there was going to be a couple of outfielders that were going to drive in all these runs and have a bunch of hits, you'd think that Austin Meadows was one of them. But that night, uh, it really wasn't. It was Avisel Garcia and Kevin Kiermaier doing most of the damage. So he had a good weekend. Still, Mm -hmm. I guess they're expecting to get some players back. Um, Maybe Joey Wendell here soon? Joey
0: Wendell is on rehab. Uh, He should be back soon, Um, possibly sometime this homestand. Michael Mm -hmm. Perez is working his way back, although it'll be interesting what they do with him. I'll tell you what, though, Travis Darnold. Travis Darno, I
1: mean, in addition to being uh, starting to relax now and get his timing back, because he missed a lot of time Mm -hmm. as far as uh, at the plate goes. But this guy gives you the best effort behind. uh, And he's one of the better catchers I've seen that the Rays Mm -hmm. have had. Uh, There was a a situation in the ninth inning where they had a pretty big lead one night. I think it was the game that he might have hit a couple home runs. I can't remember. But um, I think he did hit at least one home run. And this guy was blocking pitches um, in the ninth inning you know, with runners, runners on base that, uh, for quite frankly, after all the pitches he had blocked, if he let one get by him, you wouldn't blame him, right? I mean, these balls are bouncing, you know, three feet in front of home plate. And he still is consistent, consistently getting his body in front of the ball and blocking them. Uh, he's done a great job of handling these pitchers. I think that mm-hmm. they're all, you know, a couple times around now are, are starting to get used to him. But it's going to be a tough decision because what do you do? You well, I, I
0: think they're going to send Michael Perez to Durham. That's I, what I believe. I believe, believe he's got options left. Um, Nick yep. Schufo and Anthony Ben Boom are both hurt down there. They need a mm-hmm. catcher. That way he can play every day down there. That's right. Get more time, more experience, and build that up. And I think they'll stay with Zanino and, and Darno at the big league club. Yeah,
1: I think you're exactly right. I think that's the way they're going to go. And he's earned it. You know, he's played his way. Into a uh, a situation where they don't want to uh, to get rid of them right now, and I, again, you know, handling the stuff that that pitching staff has is very very good. So, um, good for the Rays uh, as far as their weekend goes, and the road trip uh, was very successful. Obviously, after bouncing back from that uh, first loss at Detroit, mm-hmm. and you know they're on a
0: roll again. I mean, here they are again, um, you know, back in in first place in the American League East. So. Yeah. We talk about the Rays getting some players back. Somebody they will not be getting back this year is Brent Honeywell. Oh, that was bad news. He has now fractured a bone in his elbow, throwing a pitch during a bullpen session in Port Charlotte on Saturday. Of course, he's recovering from Tommy John surgery. He's had a couple setbacks and some pain in that. Um, He's going to have surgery uh, today, and then they'll see what the uh, integrity – Dr. James Andrews is going to check on the integrity of the Tommy John repair while they're doing surgery and his 2020 season's in question at this point. Yeah, it's really sad
1: because he was such a bright prospect and had gone through the whole rehab process and was hopeful to come back here soon. But um, you have to believe that it's related in some way uh, that you would have a fracture of the elbow like that uh, after having the atomic McDon- John surgery. And, um, boy, that's, that's a tough break because, again, and I don't know how much they were counting on him this season or what he could have done. Um, but certainly you don't want to mm-hmm. see
0: somebody with that future uh, have to go through this again. Yeah. Now, in Mark Topkin's uh, article about this, he mentioned Oakland pitcher Jared Parker, who's had this injury before. He's one of many that have had it. But he was forced mm-hmm. to retire at age 29 after fracturing it twice. Goodness. You know, now, I, that's not to say that's what's going to happen to Brent Honeywell. We don't know at this point. But, you know, yeah. th- to be honest, the 2020 season's in jeopardy at this point for him.
1: Yeah, that's disappointing to be sure. And, you know, we'll we'll see if the Rays continue to, to think about adding some, some pitchers, especially on the back end of the bullpen, although Emilio Pagan pitched very well. They didn't need mm-hmm. Diego Castillo. You mentioned that Jose Alvarado is expected to come back here shortly. I still think they're going to add some, some pitching in their bullpen. I don't know where. I don't know if it would be the closer, the guy that gets the last three outs or not.
0: But, well, you um, could never certainly. have enough bullpen arms. I mean, You can't. If you no. can shorten the game like the Yankees can do, And, and although mm. they had a little rough time with the Indians this weekend with that, but you know, when you can mm-hmm. start bringing bullpen guys in the fifth and you're locked down. That's right. You know. That's right. That, that's, that, you, know, you can never have enough bullpen arms. Oh, you You'll exactly find a way to make them work. Speaking of baseball, congratulations to Joe Urso. And how about the
1: University of Tampa, the Division II national champs again for the, what is this, the eighth time? Eighth in time, yes, in
0: in, the, in Tampa's wow. history. I, I don't know if That's that was right. eight times for Urso. Joe's, but, but yeah. Yeah, yeah but Pretty congratulations. Remarkable. That's a huge, huge win there for their eighth time.
1: I think only uh, maybe Florida Southern has more Division II national titles. I believe they have nine, if yes, not, if I recall. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, so – um, as I say, uh, you know, if you go to the University of Tampa, it doesn't matter unless you win the title and these guys managed to get it done. So that was great. And the Rowdies, you know, uh, we haven't talked enough about them. They had not lost really this season, had not lost a game. And then it took them until what, their 14th uh, game before they finally, uh, finally lost one.
0: Yeah, they dropped uh, three to one on Saturday to I believe it's Charleston. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're still sitting in first place, three points ahead of uh, New York Red Bull Reserves so, for the USL Eastern Conference. So, uh, you know, when you've w- eight games, you've won, you won- lose one in five draws. That's a pretty good season so far. And they've bad. given up seven goals in those 14 games. That's that's incredible. really is. I so, mean, they're like successful. the race. It's pitching and defense.
1: It's, well, they're owned by them. So <laughs> there's that, right? as you use the opener over there, as as we talked about. So, yeah, congratulations to them. So the Rays, as I mentioned, they're going to have a series uh, against Oakland, against the A's. They'll be followed up by uh, the uh, Angels, and uh, Mike Trout comes to town, so always a good time to see him. Um, And what else we got? Uh, We're going to have uh, this week, uh, I'm sure we'll talk to Chris Torello. We'll have a mailbag segment as well. Uh, we'll continue to follow the Rays and anything else that goes on, maybe in the offseason with the Bucks. although they'll be taking a break here
0: uh, for a little bit, I think. Oh, and we're going to get a Game 7 in the Stanley Cup final as Boston beat St. Louis on Sunday night to force Game 7. That goes back to Boston, so that'll be played on Wednesday night this week.
1: Yeah, because it's been hours since Boston has won a <laughs> World Championship, so we, we want to make sure that all of those people up there in in Beantown are, uh, are excited about this. I you know I, I don't root against our four teams generally but I really think that 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 whole New England thing they've had enough you know what I mean I'd kind of like to see a different winner but we'll see uh what happens with that and uh I think the Golden State by the way they might be crowning an NBA champion in Toronto tonight
0: ah, but Durant's about, cleared to practice now so if yeah, he comes well, he back
1: better, that could that could change that series well hey let me just say this don't wait too long big guy well i mean it's now or never well he had to get clear it's it's
0: not him it's the doctor's finally clear to practice but yeah but i I, to be honest with you i didn't think he was ever going
1: to come back i i just thought this is one of those things where you know they didn't want to tell everybody he was out for the Mm -hmm. for the you know the series because that would be sort of a psychological uh downer maybe for golden state and if you could put it in the back of toronto's mind but maybe he actually will come back and Mm -hmm. Like I said, they, they dug themselves a big hole, and it's rare. Oh, if you Toronto's remember against Pittsburgh
0: terrific. a few years ago, the Lightning, Steven Stamkos was, you know, That's oh, right. it's going to be a while, going to be a while, and all of a sudden he played Game Seven. He did. He absolutely, you know, did. kind of surprised everybody. No one was expecting that. I mean, he was skating well, Durant, with the team, but it was all the talk was, you know, I oh, was not ready yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, if he plays, it's going to be an emotional lift. Not, not to mention what he can give them on mm-hmm. the court. So, but obviously, but kudos to what Toronto's
0: team. done in that series so far. I mean, oh, they've played very well.
1: The Kawhi Leonard, man, right now outside of LeBron James has become the best player in the NBA. And he's a different cat. Like he, he's not social at all. And uh, is the interviews are almost painful with Torres Burke at times, but uh, but you can't you can't dispute what he has accomplished. I mean it's thirty points a night. He puts the team on his back and they've been they've been terrific And the whole country of Canada, let alone the city of Toronto, is uh, is ready to explode with an NBA title, although I think it's been really interesting to watch their team because their demeanor is such that they expect to win. They' not you know, they, they beat Golden State the other night to go up three-1. There wasn't a lot of like high fiving or going crazy, like they had won something. It was like, okay, well, we've got to win one more game, you know And, and, and you, you know they're very confident, obviously at this point, but they're also very down to business. So that's been fun to watch. Well, and so, yeah, Golden, got...
0: Golden State knows you can come back from three. one Only one team in NBA Finals history has come back they from three-1. No, it was yeah. the Cavaliers against the, the against Warriors. Against them. That's right. Yes. They've seen it happen. So yeah. the Warriors know it can't happen. They have they know it, and
1: they've been on the other end of it. But here's their chance to make their own piece of history, as uh, as they have said. So lots to talk about this week. Um, again, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Bruce Arians, and um, uh, you can read that interview in case you don't have a chance to go through the whole thing. Uh, it's on uh, Tampa Bay. Com. So if a uh, reminder, if uh, you'd like to sponsor a portion of this podcast, there's a lots of ways you can do that. Just reach us on Twitter and you can do that anytime. If you have a question at sports day TV. you can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at Tampa Bay.com for Steve Burstynck. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay times. Have a great day, everybody. Hold up.